There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Rise and shine, St. Louis. It's the Brown and Crouppen Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. 707 in St. Louis, you are listening to TMA, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen. Welcome, friends, to the Michelob Ultra Studios. It is our Munganess, St. Louis Acura. Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, alongside Kenneth Iggy Strode, the Plowhawk, and Action Jackson. And you are welcome to be a friend of the feather. And text in to the EDF Group text inbox, 314-881-TMA5. Call in 636-900-4TMA. And email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email today, the morning after at InsideSTL.com, giving away a five-pack for five games of Cardinal tickets for our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day today. Uh, this is a weekend five-pack, five weekend games, including matchups with the Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, and more. Give the gift to Cardinal Baseball. Cardinals.com slash holiday is where you can do so. And these ticket packages start at $55. Doug, I was uh, thinking, I was texting with the non-ling this morning. You remember the non-ling? Oh, sure, He's yeah. a counselor now, Esquire? He is not gay, hence the name non-gay. That's correct. Yeah. And I was uh, in the process of, of texting with him early in the morning, 5.30, I was thinking to myself, in 2023, how often I am surprised by news. Certainly the Yasser Al-Ramayan, Jay Monahan announcement on Live and PGA will, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever be more surprised by a sports story uh, and how that came to pass from June of this year. Locally, I think Mike Schilt's firing Mm-hmm. Unless I'm missing something, which which goes back a, a couple of years. But I have to tell you, even though I, I asked Jeremy Rutherford about Craig Berube's job status on 101 on Monday, it wasn't necessarily something that I thought was going to be on the precipice of taking place. So when I woke up this morning and saw that, because I was already asleep when it had happened last night, I legitimately was surprised. And from a big-picture standpoint... Uh, it is a significant move, I think, in the timeline of Tom Stillman's ownership and Doug Armstrong's tenure as general manager because this is the roster he was given before the season started. The expectations were made clear of what this team was, and now uh, he is the one who is held accountable for the team's performance when I just don't think that that 
is the way that it should go. And before we uh, opine on it, I want to hear uh, the soundbite from Doug Armstrong before the season because he laid out what the expectations were. A lot of fans, I don't think, liked it that he was so blunt. I personally did. But now it seems like the goalposts have moved. Here's Doug Armstrong before the season. It's a yeah, I think we should. We, you know, if you look at, the, I'd love to get third place. I think that uh, if you, you know, I think third might be an easier thing uh, to get than, than the one of the two wild card spots. So I, I think we should be competitive. But uh, again, it doesn't really matter what, what I think or what anyone thinks. It's what we're going to do. I, I think we should be competitive with with the groups with that uh with that you know if you break the league into thirds i hope to be in the in competitive with that middle third and i hope to be at the top end of that middle third that's our goal going in and then as you as we all see every year you make the playoffs things happen goalies go on a heater the wrong guy gets hurt in the first round you get a bad call go against uh you or you get a good call go against for you and, and you're, you're on to the second round and then everything changes so uh, I'm not quite as I'm not concerned about uh, about quite where we fit in the standing. Quite honestly, Jair is is do we build that foundation back to where it was in the past, and can we start building something that has uh, to put us in the same spot where I say I where I personally view Colorado and Dallas now uh, with experienced players that have the pedigree and and have the perception that they should be winning championships. You know, where we have been there for the better part of a decade, we're not there today. And my goal is to to build this foundation to get back there as quick as possible. So there you go. Uh, there, there was not some kind of urgency before the season mm-hmm. to return to where they were. Really the pandemic season more so. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had a team that was fighting with the Avalanche, eventually the cup winners, before Jordan Biddington got hurt. But, you know, in the in the pandemic year, that was a great regular season team that was positioned to make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs and, of course, 2019. But there's Doug Armstrong with the expectations. A new system was implemented. Uh, through the first 14 games of this year, they had allowed 36 goals. Through the next 14 games of this year, they had allowed 58 goals. So things had transpired, and that system had broken down. But for Craig Berube to be the guy to get whacked, that really surprises me. Also of note, last night, insider trading on TSN uh, said that things had gotten so bad that changes might be coming in St. Louis. Uh, my question would be, what were the things that got so bad? Were there things inside the room that had gotten so bad? Final observation, and then I want to hear what you have to say, uh, Doug, is uh, Jordan Cairo uh, is, uh, from a macro standpoint, a player that the Blues and Doug Armstrong really hitched their wagon to. Uh, I don't think anybody would say he has graded out so far this season to match up with that contract that he was given before last season. And so from a macro standpoint, that's a core issue because that's one of the foundations that Armstrong wanted to see going into the season start to grow. And then from a micro standpoint, last night, Bruby pulls the goalie, certainly a focal point of questioning on strategy throughout the course of his tenure, especially more recently, to give the Blues the six-on-four since they were on the power play. And it's Cairo with a one-on-one up against the boards on that six-on-four with the empty net who loses the puck. The Red Wings go in for the empty netter, and that is the nail in the coffin. And perhaps it's fitting that Jordan Cairo was the one who lost the puck. Uh, Doug Vaughn, yeah. thoughts? Well, they hitched their wagon to Cairo 
knowing full well he wasn't a great two-way player, a gifted goal scorer, talented with the puck, but not really a, a Ryan O'Reilly type gritty, I'll do anything it takes to, to win this game two-way player. And they gave him a long-term, very lucrative contract, one of the biggest in club history. So that was kind of a, a tenuous thing to do at the time. I think this is going to be an extremely unpopular move. I think, yeah, I don't think you can find anybody who doesn't like Craig Berube as a coach. He was like the, the face of the team. He's the one big personality you have there. What do you have now? I, I don't think there's a player on that team that, that really gets people excited to go to the, the building to watch him play. I don't, I don't think there's one. Barubi was just kind of the, the whole personality of the franchise, I think. Unless I'm off base there, I don't know who else they have, really, that's a, a strong leader type. They don't have a superstar player. Uh, they don't have a perennial all-star on the team anymore. I, and you got rid of the, the one guy that everybody seems to love. So I, I was stunned by the move. You were stunned as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a wise thing to do. And also, you know, we, we joke about the, you know, 101 text inbox. But, you know, if there is a place that, that has anger and wanting to fire people that, you know, is real early in the city, I have maybe seen, God, I don't know, of the hundreds of texts that come into that, that station, at least on our show, maybe one when we were talking with Jeremy Rutherford on Monday. And that's coming off of a three-game losing streak before last night's loss against Detroit. And again, I want to point out, a week ago tonight... So, you know, really more like six days ago, this is a team that was three games over 500, which I think most people would have taken, coming off of a win against the best team in the Western Conference in their building in Las Vegas, playing against that team, leading 3-1, to one, and then losing that lead, losing to uh, Columbus and Chicago over the weekend, and then for the first time, uh, scoring first and then losing last night. Uh, but in a week's time, gone. And I'm just really, really surprised by that. The power play, I mean, God, if you want to talk about it from a structural standpoint, would be Roman numeral number one. What a phenomenal stat that the team has more shorthanded goals than power play goals. Yeah. That is an absolutely amazing stat for 28 games into a season. They have eight shorthanded goals after Scandella's last night, uh, seven power play goals. So, you know, last night when they get the power play late in the game, at this point I would imagine most fans are like, yeah, that's great, but, you know, what are you really expecting? So then Barubi goes and, 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 and pulls Bennington, and uh, you see what winds up happening with Kyra losing the puck along the boards and off the Red Wings go, and that wraps it up 6-4. to four. But when I saw that take place, I wasn't like, oh, man, I wonder if Barubi's going to be gone. I woke up this morning and wasn't even on my radar. And I would imagine, like you said, this is going to be a really unpopular move. I think Doug Armstrong, for the most part, especially considering some of the moves that have taken place, whether you want to focus on Petrangelo or Krug or the long-term contracts for defensemen that certainly haven't panned out, and now I would imagine the Cairo contract will give him more scrutiny, uh, I think had a, like five times the equity of John Mazalock in the market. Mm-hmm. Now he's not at that level. But he now will be in the crosshairs of fans. So you have two unpopular leaders of the uh, teams here in St. Louis. It's been a series of personnel moves that have not gone very well. It, it, it started with the Petrangelo thing. And since then, 
They've lost O'Reilly and Tarasenko and Perron and Barbashev. And what do they have to show for it? Who, who came back in any of those moves that, have, that is a, a difference-making type of player? Perron. They got nothing for any of those guys. They got nothing. Now, I understand there comes a time when you have to trade a veteran on a big salary late in his career. You want something. But you got to get something, right? You got to have something of value coming back. I don't. I don't see where they have much of value for losing all of those players. I uh, I cannot wait to hear from uh, Jeremy Rutherford. He joins us every Wednesday at nine o'clock. Uh, I'm sure he has been up and writing uh, throughout the course of the late night, early morning with this news. And he is scheduled to join us at 9 o'clock. If he can join us earlier, we'll certainly do that. The Blues have a press conference at 1030. Uh, I have not checked with uh, Mike Ryder, the executive producer of 101 ESPN, but I uh, would imagine we will be carrying that live during Balloon Party. Uh, So you'll be able to hear that live on 101 ESPN. Super intrigued to hear what is said. I also think from a timing standpoint, the Blues were beginning this 11 games out of 15 at home, the longest stretch of home games, the most condensed stretch of the season. Um, if that factored into it, that this is kind of the do-or-die moment for the season. But again, the season didn't have the expectations of a, of a you know, at the very least, a playoff, much less going deep into the playoffs. You heard it from... Chug Armstrong. When he says we'd love to finish third, right. that's not a real right. glowing. I just don't. I mean, for the life of <laughs> no, me, I just don't understand right. mm-hmm. it. Uh, but either way, I don't know if that's from an attendance standpoint. Last night, if you were watching the game at the beginning, it was noticeable how empty the building was at the puck drop and in the early portion of it. But I would know it was a 6:30 game on ESPN. And you know, even last year, we went to that game. You know, with, with, as a show. Uh, toward the end of the year against the Devils, and the team was a bucket of crap. They had already traded everybody, but the building was still full. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you know if that factors into it. It's a do-or-die stretch, minus Chicago and Ottawa and Pittsburgh. Uh, they're playing teams who are above 500, if I'm not mistaken, uh, over this 15-game stretch. They have some tests when they go to uh, the state of Florida next week, take it on the Panthers. Uh, Lightning aren't great this year, but either way, that's a tough stretch. But then the rest of it, they're they're home games, but there's some tough opponents. You know, you'll have Colorado, you'll have Dallas, Dallas twice. Uh, So I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to figure out a reason for it, for something that truly, when it gets down to it, I'm legitimately surprised by. And, of course, I don't have the information from inside the room and inside the organization. But on the surface, uh, it's uncharacteristic to me and disappointing. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts, of course, are welcome. 314-881-TMA5. Text in, and you are welcome to call in. 636-900-4TMA. It's the Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Go online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com to support our official automotive provider here on TMA, and that is Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, and Munganass St. Louis Acura. That's Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, and Peter Munganass, and, of course, Ryan Seiberg in the service department. Go online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com for new cars, for pre-owned cars, to buy a car, to lease a car, to get your car serviced. You can use the secret number, 314-252-0029. Text it or call it 314-252-0029 and let them know you are a TMA Listener, Jackson, tell the people where they can wager on the Blues tomorrow night against the Senators as they get the micro bump from a coaching termination. 
Sure, Tim. That's, of course, Circa Sportsbook because the Circa Sportsbook is the largest sportsbook in Las Vegas, and now it is in Illinois. That's right. The Circa Sports app is sports betting the way it should be with big app bets, high betting limits, tight money line splits, and the best customer service around. You'll never talk to a chat bot. If you run into any issues with Circa, you'll talk to a real person, the same people that run the Circa Resort out there in Las Vegas. If you're looking to bet the Blues, you're looking to bet some NBA, some college hoops, or some NFL on the weekend, all available over at the Circa Sports app, which is available in the great state of Illinois. Visit CircusSports.com for more details and get ready to start betting like a pro. If you or someone you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER or text ILGAMB to 833-234. There you go. Uh-huh. It is Circum. And uh, we welcome you to email in for the design, air, heating, and cooling email today, the morning after, at InsideSTL.com, the morning after at InsideSTL.com. Design, air, heating, and cooling, sponsor of our email of the day. And you can win a weekend pack, five games. This five-game pack features tickets to five weekend games, including matchups with the Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, and more. Give the gift of Cardinal Baseball. Holiday tickets are on sale now and start at just $55. For complete pack details, visit Cardinals.com slash holiday. Uh, design, air. DesignAirService.com. Seth Goldcamp and his staff will take wonderful care of you. They are the official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Work with Design Air Heating and Cooling when you have furnace problems this winter. DesignAirService.com. Fourth generation of heating and cooling at Design Air Heating and Cooling. DesignAirService.com. Doug is a client. I am a client. They are the official HVAC provider of TMA and the Tim McKernan Show, designairservice.com. Give your thoughts by texting into the EDF group, text inbox 314-881-TMA5. You are welcome to call in at 636-900-4TMA. Let's see what we got. Weird messaging. He's giving a 500 middle third team as expected. They play middle third hockey, and he gets fired. WTF. That comes from... Sex. Oh. Sex speaks, you listen. Yep. Now, are those initials? Is, is his name Sam Edward Xavier? Or I just read what's in the prompter, okay. and it says sex. All rookie right. of the Year candidate. Uh, oh, is he Rookie of the Year tomorrow night at the year-end awards? Hot really? Shots, Webster Groves, Pony. He is a nominee. Uh, a very unpopular move for sure. However, Barubi lost the room to a softer generation of player. Barubi's style of coaching is fading. Sad to say, but that's all part of the simps our country's producing. This was strictly an attention-getter and show-the-room drastic measures will be made to win and to fall in line. How about that whole deal? That comes from Mr. 63011. That may be painting a little broad brush to the whole thing. I he has know. a fast golf cart, though. I don't know who, who wouldn't want to play for Barubi. I, you know, I'm not in the locker room. but well, If he wants to coach, he will coach again. Yeah. And that usually tells you something. Everybody seems to love him. We loved him as, as media. I mean, you, to look at him, he looks like he'd be gruff, angry, mean. He was anything but that. Always very accommodating. Never snapped at anybody. Always gave you straightforward answers. A complete professional. You could tell during that Stanley Cup run that everybody loved him. The, the players all just loved him. And it's really a sad day. Absolutely terrible move, but something that had to happen to cover for Army's awful free agent decisions and contract extensions he gave out after the cup run. That's from the Lodo King. Victim of their own success. Is it possible that the Bally's money also plays into this? Risk of lack of attendance plus less TV revenue could have ownership thinking, oh, crap, we need this building packed or we are going to lose our asses. That's from the Hunchback of But How do you you pack a building when you fire the coach that loved and you have a bunch of... No offense, yeah. scrubs. Uh-huh. 
I mean, a top-heavy team, though. I mean, it, it's just a bunch of It's a top-heavy you know, with salaries. Guy. Not necessarily with talent, I but agree, with salaries. Though. Iggy, you followed Drew Bannister's career a long time. What do you think he'll bring to the club? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe it's just a... <laughs> Maybe it's just a, um, I don't know, philosophical differences. I mean... You know, Baruby's trying to win, and he's got crap out there, and he says, you know, can we do something? You know, these guys aren't doing it. Do, you know, make a trade. And, you know, you got what you got. What you got. Just play out the string, and, you know, Baruby's not like that. Who knows? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They're in, what, seventh place? Lost four in a row. They're about where they expected this team to be. Uh, hopefully we can finish third and sneak in the playoffs. And, you know, they're one game under 500, so it's not like – you, you give up on the season and get rid of your coach now? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense unless there were philosophical differences. Yeah. I'm not sure from a player perspective that you even see a lot of a whole lot of hope for the near future, do you? I mean, Neighbors looks like he's going to be a good, productive player, young guy. But beyond that, what do you see that you really like? Rana? I think Robert Thomas <laughs> is having a decent year. He's plus 10. He's got... I think 27 points. I mean, not, I, I guess he's their best player. I, I'm not saying it's a $9.5 million worth of effort, but I, I think clearly that one is working out. Kyrou looks like a different person after he got his contract. So I would, yeah, to me, I would, I would, if, if you know, again, this is all theory. And so let me make it crystal clear. It's speculative, but you can't, you know, you, if there is something there and you've hitched your wagon at Jordan Kyrou, that would be the one that I would, so I never, I'm telling you, I know I said this on this show, the way Craig Berube talked about Jordan Cairo, and this is before that contract, was the way that Tony La Russa talked about J.D. Drew. It was, I mean, they were so similar. They were code words, but you could pick up on it. it just He just wasn't his type of player. So I was really surprised when they locked him in to that deal. At the same time, I mean, I, you know, with NHL coaches, they're not around very long. I can't imagine there's too many coaches who have more tenure than Craig Berube. So uh, with regard to Cairo um, and his lack of development through 28 games this year, and uh, you see the Blues going, okay, well, we got to get something out of him. Maybe a new coach would do that. Drew Bannister, uh, who is the interim coach now, did coach, I mean, a large portion of these younger players. Even Jordan Bennington, he coached him. So um, I gather that this is a move to get uh, something out of the younger players with a guy who has coached these guys. He was with Springfield. Uh, I think if you would have said Craig Berube had moved on or had been fired, um, let's say this time last year, which there was more talk of him being fired this time last year, by the way, than this year, Mm -hmm. at least – down the hallway on 101. I promise you that. My God, a ratio of 100 to 1 for real as far as number of text complaints on Craig Berube at this time last year versus this year. The guy who you would have thought would be the head coach is Steve Ott. And Steve Ott, because he's in charge of the power play, which is historically bad, uh, you know, is not the guy. And instead, they go to the guy who has been coaching uh, Blues younger players and he was at San Antonio when the Blues had an affiliation with San Antonio. So perhaps that's a reason. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm so blindsided by it. I, I mean, the Mike Schilt thing two years ago. Um, that was even more unfair. 
Because you had a guy who was winning. Yeah. Well, I, on the Mike Schilt one, I still think that that one was more about, you know, I don't even know what the right word because I don't think philosophy. I think that's what right, they called control, it, right? Control. The I, I think. Lineup. I think. That, I think the first domino was a Rosarina. Um, and that goes back to you know right after they won a playoff series, and then there were some disagreements along the way. Now I would say that, and this surprises me, the fact that it took Schilt this long to get a job doesn't necessarily speak real highly of Mike Schilt. If somebody's out there and they're a hot commodity, they get a job. If they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and then I have to go to, you know, something that isn't necessarily on a positive trajectory, it tells you about the impressions of that person's performance either publicly or what people know about that person behind the scenes. That's in any industry. Um, I would be shocked if Craig Berube wants to coach if he wouldn't be hired very quickly, especially in the NHL. Uh, where I feel like guys, I mean, my God, Pete DeBoer, uh, who was the Sharks head coach, I think he's coached two different teams since then when the Blues played DeBoer in the hand pass game in 2019. Um, so they bounce around in the NHL like nobody's business. So, you know, the Schilt one, I think that was a lot of off the field. I don't, I'd be surprised if this was off ice between Armstrong and and Baruby, whereas I think the Schilt thing was Schilt and Mazalak theorizing. I was looking at some of Jordan Carbu's stats. Last year he scored 37 goals, so you figure this, at age that's, 24, you figure this guy's going to be a star. That's what but I thought. Somehow he managed to be a minus 38 in the plus-minus category. <laughs> hey, help out on defense every now and then. That's probably hard to do, to score 37 and be a minus 38. Be hard to look that up in terms of how many times. I'm sure it has happened. Yeah, that is surprising. Uh, guys, Bannister's the only guy with head coaching experience. Probably just temporary until they find a real coach. That's from Tervis Parish. Well, they did say it was interim. Yeah, it's interim. Uh, let's see. Maybe they'll bring Keenan back. You'd like that, wouldn't you? No, no, I wouldn't. About Joel Quenville. Uh yeah, well, that'd be great. Yeah. But I think he's probably. Uh, out of the league now after what happened in Chicago. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Uh, in this era of, of wokeness and political correctness, that's pretty serious what happened up there. Uh, we are going to have Jeremy Rutherford at 8 o'clock. Is that, uh, that is correct. So we're going to move him uh, up, or are we not? So we are moving him up. It's going to be closer to 7.50 or 7.55 because he's going on opening drive at 8.15. Uh, okay, fair enough. Sounds good. So Jeremy Rutherford usually uh, – can you let Mark Hanna know, Jason? Yes, yep. I was texting I don't, I, I don't know if he was going to come in or not, but uh, just because of the news, we will have JR. So we're going to have JR on in, in 20 minutes. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say. He wrote a column, uh, and this I just – man, I'm telling you. I get just I guess because I feel like it's, you know, becoming more rare, and I usually use Strauss as an example, but Gabe is the current – example and jr would fall into this category especially when jr is more reporter uh but uh it's a it's a critical column and it, it, and hey he's he's kind of hitching his wagon to the guy who is leaving and he'll be covering the guy uh who will be staying the title of the column on the athletic this morning doug armstrong's roster not craig berube's coaching is the root of the blues issues God bless them. Uh, there are coaches who you have no choice but to fire because of the circumstances, but Craig Berube was not one of them. Forget the Stanley Cup in 2019. 
teams win the cup every season, and even when it's the franchise's first like it was for the Blues, eventually coaches get let go. This was bound to happen at some point, but not 28 games into this season, not two months after general manager Doug Armstrong, who when asked if in October if this was a playoff team, replied, oh, this JR's writing the same column that we just talked about. Quote, I'd love to get to third place. <laughs> not when the number one reason the club's record is 13-14-1 in mid-December is because players on long-term contracts aren't performing. This was an executive issue and an execution issue, not a coaching issue. Uh, the problems didn't start when the Blues couldn't score at the start of the season or when they got blitzed by the Sharks. They began when Alex Petrangelo wasn't re-signed and player after player was brought in to try to build black the roster, which led to a lineup that was never as good as it once was and finally caught up to them last season. They continued against Detroit on Tuesday when the Blues couldn't defend the front of their net nor hang on to the puck on a 6-on-4 power play that turned into an empty net goal and a 6-4 loss to the Red Wings. It was the Blues' season-high fourth straight defeat, and they dropped five out of six, including recent losses to Columbus and Chicago, with both at the bottom of the NHL standings. It certainly wasn't the right direction, but few would have believed that Tuesday's game could be the Blues' last with the uh, Brewies' last with the Blues. On Tuesday afternoon... TSN's reputable reporter Darren Dreger touched on the topic during insider trading. Oh, he's on this one, too. Quote, there's growing discontent and frustration at all levels, Dreger said. The team just isn't responding the way management and ownership expected that they would to this point in the season. Notice the ownership part. This Blues team is not that hard-checking team that the organization's accustomed to seeing, so the players either adjust and change or management, in this case Doug Armstrong, is going to have to step in. And if they don't change, if there isn't an adjustment, you could see a very good coach, Craig Berube, on his way out. So there you go. That is uh, Jeremy Rutherford's column. Much more on theathletic.com. JR said before the news broke, I spoke with Tori Krug. Uh, at his locker and asked about the possibility of the team moving on from Berube. Krug said, I didn't even know that was a topic of conversation. I don't think there's an issue with the message. I think, frankly, we have to perform better. We have guys that just need to step up. Whether you think you're deserving of a bigger role or you have a new role this year or you have guys who are trying to have bounce-back years, you've got to perform. And at the end of the day, it falls on us as players to perform. Yeah, Berube's trying. You can only poke the bear so many different ways in order to get a response. Like I said, it all falls on us as players to perform better. Uh, So... There's Tori Krug, who certainly would be a focal point and perhaps another yeah. exhibit for the mm. current problems yeah. uh, as far as his signing, which was... You I totally to agree with what group. he said. Yeah. I totally agree with what he said. I, I, yeah, I just don't think they've got the roster. They just don't have the players. They don't have the talent. I don't, I don't know what coach you could bring in, Scotty Bowman included, who could do much with the roster that they have. And that that's what it gets down to. In any sport, a coach is only as good as the players he's got. He can help you be a little bit better, but no coach is going to win it without the talent. I think Bill Belichick is another example of that. you got to have players, and they don't have them. They're boring to watch right now. Just cause you don't You've been know watching it. a lot? No, I watched last night because it was a non- an ESPN that, game. Yeah, it was an ESPN game, so I watched the entire game. Um, and it just, you know, maybe because... A lot of new players, a lot of unproven players. It just is, it's not that excitement that you had with that core that obviously won you the Cup. It's just a fun team to watch. Why do you hate Hugh McGing? Nice, good question. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. If like that, you just said that name, is he a blue or not? Yeah. Probably would have said no. No. <laughs> yep. 
He got to make his uh, appearance in Columbus, Chicago this weekend. A lot of buzz. Put <laughs> Ferrano in with him. Well, if they're not trying to loot the fan base and gain some tickets, I, I, I think this is not the move to do. I don't know if there is a move to get, you know, people in the seats because you're kind of hamstrung on two big contracts yeah. and there's not a lot of, di- you know, not a lot of leeway in terms of the trading because you don't have a lot of pieces to trade, so... Some of the moves in in hockey, I guess all pro sports, but hockey especially, are really cold-hearted. And when you you let people like Petrangelo go and Ryan O'Reilly, who are the heart and soul of the team, beloved by everybody, it has an effect on the fan base. It really does. And, And you can argue that they needed to go, their time had come, but it's still, unless you've got solid all-star players ready to come in and fill their role, it leaves a big hole. I think Barubi will probably win another cup before the Blues do. Because he can get I mean, if he wants to go, he can go somewhere. And yeah. Coach. I have no idea who needs to go. I, got, I know oh, Edmonton. In the NHL, they, 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 they move, they right, move yeah. them quick. The next pretty good team that, that goes on a slump and fires a coach will probably try to hire Barubi. Well, Edmonton fired their coach. I don't know if they have an interim or if they hired their full-time, but Barubi and Edmonton would be a nice little Edmonton, fun time. Edmonton is on a uh, heater. heater right now. Yeah. One eight in a row. I watched a little of that... Uh, Last night with Bedard going up against McDavid. Oh, Bedard yeah. got a goal to start things out, but uh, the Oilers came back. Get a chance to see uh, Bedard air. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah. Uh, Quinville um, has not coached since the uh, Blackhawks thing. He is 65 years old. Barubi, for the record, is 57 years old. Um, and and uh, Quinville was let go... Uh, when was he let go, Doug? Nurse, nurse, nurse? Uh, but, Jesus, it's probably been three or four years now. At the end of 22, or in the oh, 22 season, at the end of 22 oh. season. He's probably He had resigned enough. 14 games. In. He's probably had enough at this point. He coached a long time and made millions. He's probably doesn't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. But he was great. He was great. Yeah. Blues all-time winningest coach, right? I think Hitchcock is. Hitchcock's got the best winning percentage, oh, but okay. I, I think maybe Quinville has more wins. I miss him. I miss both those guys. Yeah, yeah. great. That man. was another coach I hated to see. Armstrong was crying after he fired Hitchcock. And what, he go to Dallas and make a couple playoff runs? I forgot where he went next and had a little tiny bit of success. Yeah. That was Dallas. But... Yeah. Well, they need somebody to put some pizzazz into the organization. Mike Yo, this is when you go after... right now. You want Mike Yo? <laughs> there's not a lot of sizzle on the on the bench or on the ice. Uh, guys, was at the game last night. The atmosphere is bad. No energy. Fans were fairly quiet from the start. Red Wing fans around us were louder. Three one four. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting, even though the Red Wings are now in the Eastern Conference. When the Blues play the Red Wings, there are a lot of Red Wings fans in that building. Yeah, yeah. I understand the Chicago one. The uh, the Red Wings won. That fascinated me, even when the Blues were in the same division. You suppose it's people from our area, just Red Wings fans? They don't fly down from Detroit for one game on a Tuesday night, do they? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things. I, it, like I said, the Chicago thing I get, but I don't know the Red Wings thing. Yeah, used yeah. to be a hell of a rivalry. It was. I was mm-hmm. thinking that when I was watching. I'm like, I missed that. That was some great, was great stuff. Yeah. And Chuck Norris division. Chelios go there. After oh, Chicago, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that 2000, you look at the 2002 Detroit Red Wings roster, and you just go, oh, my God. 
<laughs> I mean, it's Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer. The fact that the Blues even won a game in that series was a, a minor miracle. Uh, guys, is Hair Davis Payne still available? Doug, guy, would you like to see Hair Davis Payne? I wouldn't mind it, yeah. Just to get the hair thing straightened out. We could send in a St. Louis hair restoration. <laughs> they haven't is been the same since they didn't re- since they uh, didn't resign Perron. They haven't been the same. Uh, there's truth to that. That was a move that when it was made, uh, people were really irritated by. That's the thing about what's taken place in St. Louis sports here recently is the fans have, in advance, these aren't necessarily Monday morning quarterbacking moves. I mean, some of them, I suppose, are. But the major issue with the Cardinals last year is the, is the team went into the season. Like, what in the hell is this offseason about? Arnauto decides not to opt out. Okay, must be going aggressive. And you sign a catcher, and then that's it. And you have pitching questions, and then what happens? The pitching is a disaster. The previous season with the Blues, people are like, David Perron, why wouldn't you bring him back? He wants to come back. And then you see what winds up happening with the Blues. Now, I don't think David Perron necessarily makes a huge difference, but you talk about some of the players who have left or who have been lost to career-ending injuries. If you want to go Bowmeister, obviously Petrangelo, and then the trade deadline moves, whether it be high-profile like O'Reilly, um, but even lesser moves like Barbashev, as far as leadership goes in the room, and now it's time for younger players to start stepping up. I don't know if that's necessarily something that Jordan Cairo is... Uh, Why do you hate Hugh McGing? I, I don't hate him. I think he's going to be What's a superstar. I'm, I'm telling you, when I heard, I listen to Kerber's podcast after every game, and I'm like, they start talking about Hugh McGing, and then uh, Lou Korak writes that column just lighting up the blues, and in particular, Verona, uh, and then he gets put on waivers and then pulled off waivers, uh, that I'm like, they talk about Hugh McKay, you know, who in the hell is Hugh McKay? He's a 25-year-old. He was an 180, 138th overall pick. I don't yeah. get, are we kidding about, like, if this is who we're clinging to. Cling to McGing is what Doug has been saying. Mm-hmm. Well, it gives you hope. Weren't there, how much of these trades and, and moves they've made and people they signed has to do with the cap? Because, I mean, Perron, I think, signed with, uh, what did he sign, like a two-year for 9.5? So it's less than $5 million a year. Mm-hmm. Does it have to do with the salary cap that they just had problems? Uh, yeah, probably did. Oh, yeah, they've been up yep. against it. And that goes back to the bad contracts that oh, have been yeah. given yeah. for the defensemen. Well, you blame Baruby for the bad contracts. Kyrou and Thomas have the two biggest contracts in Blues history. And then they paid a lot of money to Bennington and Pareko and Krug. That's where the money's gone. Krug is... How much Bruby making? Maybe they'll say, well, they got to pay him anyways. That doesn't count against the cap, though. If but the I'm Virgin saying, doesn't answer the damn phone, I'm going to have Herb steal his girl? Oh, Herb, his mm. buddy. Jackson, you ignoring the Worsen Woods Wacko's calls? Didn't mean to. Uh, <laughs> I guess Falk makes a lot of money, too. And Shin signed for another nice contract. Yeah, I'm not saying Bruby's against the cap. I'm well, saying you got a nice if, if you get an empty building yeah. and they're not making any money, ah, get rid of Bruby. we got to save some money here. Stillman's maybe... Feeling it, the St. Louis Red Wings. That, that's why I think the ownership thing was of note in that Darren Dreger report. St. Louis Red Wing fans are on par with St. Louis Chiefs fans. Complete Hoosiers. That's from former fan page moderator mm. Neil Allen Craig. 
Paul Cat. Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us early today. Usually it's at 9 o'clock on Wednesdays, but with the breaking news on Craig Berube's termination, he is going to join us in less than 10 minutes here on TMA. Uh, so, uh, Jackson, why don't you uh, use the Twitter tweets? I don't know how often the TMA Twitter account is used, but uh, let people know because I'm sure people want to hear from Jeremy Rutherford, uh, whether they're listeners of this program or not. Uh, Doug, uh, Jackson, let's talk about your hair because you're in the mayor of the Wispy City? Wispy McTufterson. That's what my friends are calling me now because of all these whiffs I have growing on my tufts. They're growing everywhere now. Wisp on your tufts? I, yeah. I have tufts on top of wisps. This hair is growing crazy. And it's all thanks to St. Louis Hair Restoration and the great work done by Dr. Polenga, the founder of the company, Greg Kreiling, both of them patients of their own product. Tells you how good they are. They know that it works, and it does work. I had the old FUE procedure where they um, move around some hair grafts from the side and back of your head up to the hairline or the crown, wherever you need it. That's what they did for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been about six months now, and look at these whiffs. Would you look at the tufts? Mm. They, are, they are everywhere. It's really worked for me, oh, and it'll work for you. They have lots of different options. Might not need a, a small surgical procedure like the FUE. Sometimes just a, a laser cap will work, and that's what they've got Jackson doing. Absolutely. Yep, they got me with a little laser cap. I take the finasteride every morning, just a little pill, and we're seeing some results. I had Good Morning Grant, uh, who is a fill-in board op on 101 ESPN, kind of a jack-of-all-trades guy, and he told me, he goes, man, your hair is really looking a lot better. He's really seeing some stuff. He was asking me some questions. Jackson and Grant are going to bang. It sounds like it. I said, go get a consultation at St. Louis Hair Restoration. That's why I would suggest to anybody who looks in the mirror and says, I think my hair could be a little bit better, whether it's the hairline, thinning of the crown, any situation with your hair. St. Louis Hair Restoration. Do you want to support the EDF group as sponsor of our text inbox here on TMA? Well, it's real simple. Do you have a fire extinguisher work? The answer is yes, you certainly do. So please email the EDF group at fire at the edfgroup.com. So a technician can come out and explain to your team how the EDF group can save your company money. Again, that email address is fire at the edfgroup.com. The EDF group is hide and will prevent your facility from having hide fires. Experience the EDF group difference. Learn more at the edfgroup.com. Jeremy Rutherford joining us in seven minutes here at the Munganess St. Louis Acura. Munganess Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say uh, with regard to this move late last night with Doug Armstrong uh, terminating Blues head coach Craig Berube. You will see the beginning of the Drew Bannister intramera tomorrow night against Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators, Doug. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us know a darn thing about Drew Bannister, do we? I, I know they've had pretty good luck down in Springfield, went to the playoffs a couple times, got to the finals once. Played in the league a little bit, five or six years. But we shall see. I, again, I don't know what you do if you don't have the talent. And Right now, unless Barubi has just mishandled the talent completely, I, it, I, I don't see how they could change much. I, maybe he'll be able to get more out of Thomas and Cairo and all, all the newcomers up front. Maybe he'll do, I guess we're going to see. Does Armstrong have to get permission from ownership first in order to fire the coach? That's from Lady Sonia's teacup. That's a good question. I would imagine so. Yeah, I imagine he talks to them. I would imagine yeah. so. Uh, let's see. I can't imagine how bad the lockers room lockers atmosphere, room. Mm -hmm. atmosphere has to be right now. Petro, Maroon, Perron, little fire under people's asses. They let them all go, leaving 
Captain Ryan O'Reilly without a bunch, uh, without a right-hand man, and then gave him the boot, too. Now it's a bunch of kids with no real experience, some overpaid demon, and poor Shanner to be the next person to fall on the sword. Army needs to go. That's from Michael Frank's love. Mm. Uh, Can you imagine us saying things like this just a few years ago? I mean, even a week ago, yeah. as crazy as it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, but as far as criticism, and I'm not saying that the 101 ESPN text inbox is gospel it, by any means, but what I am saying is it gives you a tone of fans, and in particular blues fans, more so than any other station in the market. And if anybody was getting criticism, it was limited, but it was Doug Armstrong. I thought, if anything, I loved his message at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, good for them for saying, hey, this is you know, whatever you would want to call it, rebuild, retool, uh, that, you know, we know we're not there yet. Good for them. And I realize it's not a full-on teardown because you do have expensive defensemen, but what are you going to do? You're stuck with them. So let's see what you can do and start building on it. So then for him to be fired, again, I just, you know, a guy doesn't just all of a sudden lose it. And by that, I, I would say both with Baruby, but also with Armstrong. So I'm, I'm an anxious to hear what's said at 1030, although at the same time, the real, real, real reasoning for this, I don't know if you're necessarily going to hear in a press conference, but that is coming up at 1030. And uh, like I said, I would imagine we'll be carrying that live on Balloon Party for those who, of you who would uh, who'd like to hear it. Sometimes you, you make moves that make perfect sense at the time, and you've got a whole list of reasons why this player needs to be moved and why this player needs to be brought in. Makes perfect sense at the time, but it just doesn't pan out at all. And in this case, that's happened up and down the Blues roster. This the first time Tara Single's been back to St. Louis? I don't know. I think so. He's having a decent year for the Senators, too. What's I he think done? Not a lot of goals, but... No, I think Pareko is, to me, one of the more disappointing players and as of late. Just because when you watched him as rookie and second year, like you were like, this yeah. guy is huge, he's contributing, and then you pay him this massive contract. You know, it's almost like the softest defenseman in the league. Well, one of the issues they have, if this is a rebuild, they're not particularly young. You look at the defense: Falk, Krug, Letty, Pareko, Scandella. Oh yeah, that's, that's Those the aren't thing. Young guys. That, that, that tilts people. Uh, we got Jeremy Rutherford on right now. He is presented every Wednesday by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Uh, Mark usually coming in at nine o'clock, but since we moved Jr. up with this news, he is not in. But he is uh, super uh, excited to hear from Jr. As I imagine many people are this morning. Mark Hanna is online at evergreenstl.com. Three one four eight eight nine zero five. Zero three, Jr. Uh, how surprised by the news were you last night? Pretty surprised that it happened last night. You know, I've been thinking in the past couple of days. I felt like uh, the losses at uh, Columbus and at Chicago, Tim, were kind of the beginning of something. Was it the beginning of the end for uh, Craig Bruby? Was it the beginning of the end for some players? What was going to happen here? I've just seen situations where. Uh, that's kind of the, the start of it, and then it doesn't take long uh, before Doug Armstrong in the past has made changes. But last night, no, surprised, kind of shocked, actually, that uh, it would uh, take four losses and Doug Armstrong would be making that decision. I know last night we were in the locker or the uh, elevator going down after the game, and we were in the elevator with Doug Armstrong, and I can't tell you how many times I've been in that elevator going down with him where you're thinking to yourself is this the night whether it be with davis Payne or ken hitchcock uh and you thought 
uh, what's the future of Craig Bruby? I never thought last night would be the night. Right. Yep. That's uh, that. I mean, I, I asked you about it when we were on 101 on Monday, just kind of almost as like, hey, you know, could could something be coming? But never thinking, never thinking that it could be something that would be within 48 hours. Uh, your column, uh, and I, I, you know, I mean, whether I agreed with you or, or I didn't, I happen to agree with you, but I appreciate the fact that you're, you know, taking the stand and writing what you're writing, considering you're, you know, taking more or less the side of the guy who's out the door and you're going to have to be dealing with the guy who is still in that position, uh, and that is Doug Armstrong, is that this is not a coaching issue. I mean, that is that is what you wrote this morning on The Athletic. It is more of a roster issue. And you start with the exact thing, and I hadn't read your column yet, uh, when we started with the soundbite that you cited in your column, which came from Doug Armstrong uh, at, in his press conference in October. I'm not concerned about where we fit in the standings, quite honestly, as do we build that foundation back to where it was in the past, and can we start building something to put us in the same spot where I view Colorado and Dallas now with experienced players that have the pedigree and the perception that they should be winning championships. We have been there for the better part of a decade. We're not there today, and my goal was to build that foundation and get back there as quickly as possible. That set the message for what this season was. And yet 28 games into the season, have the goalposts move? Why Why the change? Yeah, that's why I think it's, it's such a surprise. And, uh, you know, Doug didn't say much on the situation with his outlook on the season and what he thought about uh, Craig Bruby and, and what we all thought about what Craig Bruby's role would be in this retool, but he did make that comment. And so last night, that's the comment when I started to write the story uh, that came to mind. Hey, what has Doug said about this? Because, yeah, have the goalposts moved? What changed in these 28 games? Now, we have to be first and foremost and say that are there areas of the team that didn't look great for sure you talk about the highs and the lows the wins over great teams the losses to bad teams the power play seven for 83 uh heck your penalty kills outscoring your power play there are a lot of flaws with what's happening on the ice but what did you expect you know doug armstrong said that this is a team that uh, we'd be happy to finish third in the division and and so that was kind of where i think i set the, uh, the temperature gauge on, on what Doug Armstrong thought about this season and then what has changed. So the one comment that he made is that I don't care about the standings. I just want to make sure that uh, they're building the foundation to get back to that championship level that we're at. And I can only come to the conclusion before we talk to Doug Armstrong at 1030 this morning at 17 is that he did not believe that Craig Bruby was going to be the coach to help build this foundation back up to championship level real quickly uh jr uh darren drager's report which you cited in your column as well and uh, i was texting with people about that uh talking about how things are off the rails in st louis um and that if something doesn't change it could mean the end for craig berube that came out yesterday uh, reputable reporter um, what do you think he was making reference to? I mean, certainly the team hadn't played well in three games, but a week ago they were three games over 500 and leading Vegas three to one, coming off of a win in Las Vegas. So, what had transpired, in your opinion or your knowledge, to get to the point where a reputable reporter is citing problems in St. Louis that could lead to the end for Craig Berube? Yeah, Tim. So. Darren Dreger, a lot of people are familiar with him. He does a phenomenal job, uh, works for TSN. And uh, those guys put in uh, the phone calls to, to not only 
uh, executives around the league, but uh, people within the organization, and they have their respect to kind of tell them how they see things. And so Darren Dreger's report yesterday, I felt was pretty basic. Uh, you know, again, he doesn't just throw stuff at the wall and hope that it sticks. But Darren Drager said that uh, people in St. Louis are frustrated. That's something we obviously all knew. And he said if things weren't to change and there weren't adjustments made, then perhaps you could see a good coach, Craig Bruby, headed out the door. You know, when I've read those types of reports over uh, the years, you, you definitely, you know, you, you think about it, you digest it. Okay, what am I hearing? How does this match up with, with that? Um I felt that that was kind of, like I said, the beginning of, okay, maybe in a week if we don't see adjustments, maybe in two weeks if we see more of the same stuff, this could be the end for Craig Bruby. He's just going to have to take the fall because you can't, uh, you know, trade off all the players and, and Doug's not going to step down. Uh, I didn't think it would be 12 hours later. Uh, so I believed the report. I believed what Darren Drager was uh, hearing. Um, I had not heard anything in terms of this would be imminent, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think when you see something like that, you know that people are starting to talk and something could happen. Um, you know, was that the game last night, Tim? If they win that game, does Doug Armstrong give them more time? Uh, we just don't know until we talk to Doug. As you said, you can't trade all the players, but would you expect some movement among players now at this point? Well, I suppose the only thing is if 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 this is the avenue that Doug Armstrong chose, then perhaps it's because it was – his only option at this point, if uh, you, you have tra players with long-term contracts, you have players that teams don't want, you have players that really aren't a part of the future. So um, it, this goes back to the biggest question, Doug, that I think is there is it, it's a retool. I mean, this isn't a situation where you're holding a coach to a standard for wins and losses. I understand that you can still be competitive and, and try to make the playoffs. Uh, but this isn't a team that I think is a team that can go a couple rounds in the playoffs. So you're you're trying to develop these younger guys. So I think that's probably what we're going to hear from Doug this morning is that he wanted to bring in somebody else because he felt that this uh, needed uh, somebody else to shape it and, and build up some of these young players for the future because eventually some of these older players won't be here, but they have to be here now because of their contract situations, which left Doug kind of no option other than to do what he did. Jeremy Rutherford, our guest here on TMA, and he is presented to you every Wednesday on the program by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Mark is online at evergreenstl.com. And we are all big fans of Mark. We moved up JR's interview from 9 o'clock to uh, 7.50 today because of the breaking news. I thought it was uh, poetic in a way. Uh, now, in retrospect, JR, that Jordan Cairo loses the puck with the Blues pulling the goalie on a power play. I mean, everything was there. People didn't like the way Ruby was pulling goalies early. Uh, people uh, have been all over Jordan Cairo's play and then the Blues power play. And that is the final nail in the coffin. Um, as far as Cairo and Baruby and Cairo's development, let's talk about that because I feel like that might be something that may be percolating uh, and playing a role in what has transpired. Any uh, insight on that? Yeah, and I'll be careful here. You know, I'll set this uh, response up by saying this. Uh, you know, do you have intimate knowledge of how Craig Bruby and Jordan Cairo, you know, operate? No, but 
when you are around people and around the rink and around the time of uh, the team, um, you do hear things. And, you know, what I heard was that uh, it was a pretty tense relationship. But that's not anything that you don't hear with a lot of young players and a coach that's hard on them. Uh, with Jordan Cairo, like to go out there and just think about the offense and, and score 40, 50 goals. Yeah, and, and he's been able to score a lot of goals the past couple of years. But I think that if you're a fan, don't you want the coach working on a guy and, and trying to improve his overall game, which I think Kareem Grubby's done, and, and try to turn him into a player that he can be. With that comes frustration from Kairou's part when things aren't going well offensively. So I believe, and I know that Craig Bruby was really hard on him behind the scenes, but Jordan Kairou moving forward, whoever the coach is, you know, it's going to be uh, Bannister on interim basis here and we'll see who the next coach is with this. You would hope that that guy is going to be equally as hard on uh, Jordan Kairou. So I think the relationship definitely was an issue. And here's the big picture. He's got seven more years after this year. So if any of us, if you have an asset, if you have a, you know, a car that you're looking to, to protect, if you've got anything that is of value to you moving forward, you want it to be in what you believe is the best hands. And I don't think the Cairo situation with Berube was, you know, priority list number one or two, but it had to be on there in terms of Doug thinking, what do I have to do to make this a better situation for our asset moving forward. And if you didn't think Craig Bruby and uh, that relationship with Kairou was on the up and up, then perhaps he felt this is one of the many reasons that he had to make this change. And it could be why they went with Bannister, who's used to working with younger players. Yeah, and he's worked a lot of these as guys. As opposed to Steve Ott. Yeah. You think Armstrong's job is safe with the organization? I do for now. I, I know that, uh, you know, if, if you ask me about the relationship between Tom Stillman and Doug Armstrong, you know, I don't think that it could be any tighter, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I haven't talked to Tom in the last couple months about Doug, but every time I've done an interview, you know, you'll, you'll be interviewing for the story, uh, you'll be asking Tom questions, and you might veer off on a longer conversation about Doug, even if it's off the record, uh, with Tom telling you uh, how much faith he has in Doug, how much belief he has in what he does how he operates, how well he's respected around the league. Um, and, and so I don't expect Tom to share any uh, shortcomings that he has with Doug. But to be honest with you, uh, I think that uh, he's, he's really connected with him and believes in what he's doing. That's why we've seen multiple five-year contracts given to uh, Doug Armstrong. And, yeah, I'm sure on the ownership, uh, uh, their perspective, uh, some of these contracts, you probably scratch your head at some of them, but at the time, uh, ownership signed off on them, and uh, if they didn't work out, I think uh, ownership would probably look at them and say, "Hey, they don't all work out." But uh, for the most part, by and large, I think that Tom Stimmen will stand behind Doug Armstrong, and I don't see any situation in the near term, anyway, where that would change. I thought it was notable in Drager's report, and again, like you said, it wasn't like this eye-opening bombshell. But ownership was mentioned, not just front office ownership as well. And so as I attempt to try to piece this together, and certainly we'll hear from Doug Armstrong at 1030, how transparent that will be uh, is, is yet to be determined. But the timing of this, the Blues are in the midst of their most condensed stretch of home games uh, and also some difficult opposition over the next 15 games uh, or 11 of 15 games and one of those now in the rearview mirror with the Detroit Red Wings. 
on the timing of it and the Tom Stillman element of it. Attendance, the Bally's situation, any of that, you think, coming into play with this, Jr. Yeah, I think so, Tim, but I think also uh, big picture, uh, like I mentioned a second ago, Stillman and Doug Armstrong talk a lot, and they want to be on the same page. You know, to be honest, I thought it was somewhat surprising that they were going to try to continue to be competitive during this rebuild, retool. That's hard to do. It's hard to bring in good players who can make you competitive in a league that has a lot of parity and be successful and at the same time try to get draft picks, try to uh, grow those draft picks and bring them into your uh, into your team. So the Blues are going to try to do that in the next couple of years. So for the Blues to, to come to a conclusion, Doug Armstrong, and you had to believe that it included Tom Stillman, uh, to be competitive and to try to still make the playoffs while all this is going on, you can probably understand where that ownership frustration would come in when it's not getting done on the ice and you, you have to point to the coaching from their aspect. Now, I don't think that this takes the players off the hook in the ownership's eyes or Doug Armstrong's eyes, but as we said earlier, what do you do about that? The contracts, you know, you've made your bed and that's the situation. So, you know, I think in, in Drager's report for him to mention the ownership frustration too, I believe that to be one and the same with Doug because they've been in lockstep with the plan that they had coming into this season. As an effort to get the show back on track, what do you think of Hugh McGing? And also, what are you wearing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hugh McGing will be the face of this franchise in a couple of years. There you go, Doug. Think, okay. uh, That's what you thought. Right. Doug says cling to McGing. Yeah. <laughs> Was he in Cocoon? Doug made this uh, move because he knew that he had a, a card in uh, Hugh McGing that was going to be uh, great for years to come here. And then as far as what I'm wearing, I, uh, I'll tell you what. It was uh, 3 a.m. We were still in the press box, I think 2.30, Luke Horak and myself. And you guys know David Solomon? Sure. Yeah, we got to give a shout-out to David Solomon. He ran out to White Castle, grabbed some White Castle, and brought it back to the press box at 3 o'clock in the morning. Not good for the old brother for diet. Uh, but I went to bed at three uh, thirty ish. Got up for you guys, and I'm wearing a uh, a uh, some lingerie. Oh, nice! I mean, yeah. just the fact that Solomon survived the drive-through lane at White Castle at two thirty in the morning—that's the story, not yeah, for that's, Ruby. That's the lead right there. Where's the closest White Castle to? Downtown by Bush Stadium. Broadway. Is there one down there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's real Very nice. nice location. I suppose you could go to the Vanderwetter one if you wanted to, but uh, either way, either way, you're winning at that point. Uh, JR, I know you're making an appearance on HD1, and you look down on HD2, and, mm. and that pisses us all off, but I know you're doing uh, Randy Carricker and uh, Kerry Davis and Brooke Grimsley and Matt Rocchio's program here in a matter of moments, so we will let you go. Looking forward to uh, the press conference today at 10.30, and uh, really appreciate uh, your stance in your column um like i said it's 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 straussian and uh i appreciate that so as always thank you so much jr yeah thanks for having me and uh, thanks mark talk to you guys all right there is the great jeremy rutherford with us here fitting us in on a very busy morning my god he was in the press box at 3 30 in the morning in and out of the building at that hour yeah i i didn't who was there to let solomon back in with the white castle burgers well everybody knows solly yeah, but is there anyone still there? I guess maybe there's well, a security guard. Be there. There's probably workers there that are cleaning. Yeah, but they're not there to let you back in the door. Well, they got to get in somehow and get out. It just seems like that'd be hard. Well, I don't think it's that big of a deal, actually. I don't know. I'd be worried about that. I'll call JR back. We can find out. 
Yeah, those are the things I worry about. Just like Greg Warren is, is going to get on a flight and you have to take Uber. Yeah, who pays for that? Yeah. We're logistic people at our very foundation. That's who we are. It's who we've always been, mm-hmm. as a uh, matter of fact. Thank you to Mark Hanna for sponsoring uh, Jeremy Rutherford with us every Wednesday, usually at 9 o'clock, moving it up today because of the breaking news here on the radio program. Uh, there will be a press conference at Centene with Doug Armstrong at 1030. Uh, Jackson, I don't know if you've been in communication with uh, 101 ESPN executive producer Mike Ryder, but I would say with... Uh, all, Doug, I'll say with certainty, we'll be carrying that press conference live at okay. 10.30 on 101 ESPN. I would imagine that is absolutely the case, yeah. but when Ryder shows up, I will ask him. I am uh, looking forward to hearing what they have to say at uh, at 10.30. You are welcome to give your thoughts. Call in 636-900-4TMA, and you can text into the EDF group text inbox, 314-881-TMA. Five, And uh, if you are looking for a holiday gift, Doug, what are we at this point from what you call prominent winter holidays at 11 days? Today's the 13th, right? 14th? Nurse? Has anybody seen my nurse? 13th is Today's correct. 12. 12. A week from this Monday. Think about that. Right. Okay. Well, well uh, you're going, what do I get my mom? What do I get my dad? What do I get both of them? What can me and my siblings get and give them something that they love and that our kids will love? And then they will love, as in our parents, oh, how about their life story Mm -hmm. in video? Did you do a video one yesterday? I did. Yeah. The great Peter. What, did something happen? No. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you laughed. I didn't know if something happened. That gives me concern. My heart skips a beat. They were great. I was thinking about that today. Gifts for a couple of older guys who have absolutely everything. You think, what in the world do we get? We get them cookies. This is perfect for that. Because pe- even the people that have everything, they don't have this. I bet most that of is they the, don't uh, have that. That is the case. I talked to my uncle yesterday who is 79, um, and uh, I said the same thing to him. I told him about the sound story, what you guys have done for the last few years. And I said, can you imagine being able to sit down with Grandma and Grandpa back then and things we didn't ask him, and that's how this year, Mom and Dad. He goes, oh, yeah. He says, you know, I, I know that my, my Mom and Dad had like 17 siblings, I never really knew much about them, and that would have been great to talk to them. That's 17 siblings? Holy moly. Well, gra- like a, a combined, I guess? I think my grandpa had eight brothers and sisters, and my grandma had, I think, nine brothers and sisters. It is amazing. Yeah. I would imagine you yeah. experience this when you're interviewing people, how how large oh, yeah. the families my were. My dad back came in a family of 10, too. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. No birth control. Uh, the uh, the way you can do it is go to mysoundstory.com. We have a video option. We have an audio option. We have a Zoom option. Uh, different price points for each. You get 20% off at mysoundstory.com with the promo code TMA. And so the prices start at $399. So you're saving about $80 right there by entering the promo code. And you get a gift certificate. Oh, and now it's done. Now the holiday shopping is done. And then you can let your loved one uh, go ahead and pick who does the interview. When they do the interview, you can have that happen after the holiday season, but you can take care of that gift. And if it's something you want to do with your siblings, everybody can chip in and do it. But you can also now have the video option. And uh, it's not just like we hold up a camera on a phone. It's a three-camera shoot, and it is edited 
uh, with a wide shot, with the interviewer shot, and with your family shot as well. It looks really good. It is done really well, and that is a credit to uh, Peter Rep, who we hired to be our general manager uh, about five months ago. So that is the product. It is perfect for the holidays. It's mysoundstory.com. The promo code is TMA. I am available to do the interview. Doug's available to do the interview. Jackson's available to do the interview. Learn, Riz, Randy Carricker, John Hewlett, uh, Moon, Courtney Landrum. I feel like I'm leaving somebody else. Uh, Andy Stalter. Did I say Randy Carricker? Randy Carricker. Yeah. Uh, all available. Uh, in addition to multiple uh, on-air personalities throughout the St. Louis area, not just uh, here on TMA. And you can do it via Zoom. So if your family member isn't in town or they can't get into the studio, it can be done over Zoom. MySoundStory.com, promo code TMA. Uh, we want you to be able to get your work in during the off season, and you can do that at Family Golf, but you can also get a Family Golf gift card for the holidays. That is a wonderful place to go during a time when it's cold. You can go in there and have their indoor simulators. They have their instructors working in there, plus they have a short game area in there. Uh, called the Scoring Lab. They have the restaurant and bar. It's where we had the hit and giggle. They are online at familygolfonline.com. Love that place. And even when it's cold out, all of their uh, driving range bays are heated. So you can still be out there hitting golf balls, and it is warm uh, in there. It is Family Golf and Learning Center. Perfect spot to get gifts for the holidays or a gift card. Family Golf Online. Com. That's Family Golf and Learning Center. Uh, guys, I'm genuinely disappointed to hear the chief news. I can't remember a local coach firing that I was so sh- shocked, surprised, or disappointed to hear about. That's from the Lake St. Louis Island boy. I would say that the, that the Schilt thing is comparable. I don't know if there was a level of disappointment just because Schilt hadn't won a World Series. Baruby will always be the guy who brought the first Stanley Cup to St. Louis. That will never change, as Jeremy Rutherford wrote. He goes, inevitably, that's going to happen. You're going to fire the guy who brought the Stanley Cup to you. But uh, this one is right there as far as I remember the Schilt news. I'm going, oh, my God, I can't can't believe that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, again, I think that one was more personal. This one, I think, is... But I think the optics of the shit one was weird because what he won 17 games in a row, right? And, you know, one manager of the year or, you know, man, I, I forgot what the context playoffs, was. It looked so bad from the outside. Well, they, they had the winning streak, and that's how yeah. they got into the playoffs mm-hmm. in yeah. 21. <laughs> 17 game winning streak. It was, I just think, I forgot what it was. You know, I, I, I do think, though, in fairness, and I, and listen, for the record, I was surprised by that. And if you're taking sides in that whole thing, again, from a, you know, 30,000-foot view, I still think it's surprising that it took, and it, it might be, I think, worthy of the conversation that it took him this long to get a managerial job. Um, and it's a job with a team that is, you know, in quite a spot mm-hmm. in San Diego. It's not a team that's necessarily expecting to be. So maybe there was, I just think that that was more of a personal thing. Um, you know, I mean, you've seen these guys go and Matheny got one job with the Royals. Schilt now, after a couple of years, gets the job with the Padres. Point being, these guys aren't being hired by the teams that are necessarily looking for world championships. It just seems to me like the Blues have lost their personality. They've lost it with the Baruby in a big way. They lost it with O'Reilly, not only on the ice, but doing all those car shield commercials. Everybody knew O'Reilly. Everybody loved O'Reilly. Tara Snickle, even Darren Pang, 
they just lost a lot of the. Don't forget Maroon too. I know that was later. Yeah. And I, I mm-hmm. understand that. They lost a lot of the, of the of the fun and the personality that they had in the organization. Yeah. Not not to saying, you know, change is inevitable. It always it always happens, and people fall in love with players, and players come and go. I yes, go. <laughs> Especially in but the that, NHL. But that's what's happened. And it, it makes a difference in an organization. Yeah, especially in the NHL. I was just looking up longest tenured coaches in the NHL. You want to guess who's been with the team the longest? Can I have initials, please? Uh, JC. Uh, Jim Collins? Yeah, Jimmy Collins. That's right. John Cooper with the Lightning. Oh. Yeah, that was Since 2013. Mm-hmm. Sullivan uh, with Penguins, 2015. Then you go down to Bednar with the Avalanche, 2016. And then Brenda Moore and Baruby. Both coaching since 2018. They're like the fourth tenured coaches, and they've only been there for five years. That's not very long. Well, the NHL is similar to the NFL, where it's like a boy club, where they kind of just everybody eventually, if you're in the business for 30 years, mm-hmm. you're going to be coaching for about nine to ten teams. Yeah. That has to be tough to pick up and move. I mean, these guys have got their homes. A lot of them got kids and school, and it can't be easy to do. And they get paid well, uh, for some, sure. Some baseball news of note. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, uh, who, since he opined on the John Morosi debacle from Friday with the Shohei Otani plane, I didn't realize that was the guy from Shark Tank's plane that they were following. Did you know that? No. Uh, yeah, he's a client of the... Uh, yeah. I, 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 so they land in <laughs> Toronto. He was with his... He has t- twin five-year-olds, and Customs jumps on the plane to say, is he in there? And the guy from Shark Tank, I can't think of the guy's name. Jackson, could you look that up? Richard or Robert? It wasn't I think Cuban. It, is. it wasn't uh, Mr. Wonderful. Kevin, Mr. No, Wonderful. No, no. Kevin O'Leary. He's a Canadian, obviously. Well, he's going back to his home in Toronto. It's uh, Robert Herjavec. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the proper pronunciation, but that I is the name. I, 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 I don't know if it is because I don't. Uh, but point being, they could hop in the plane. and They're like, "Is he in here?" And the, and the guy's like, "Who?" And they go, Tani, <laughs> I know. That was the plane they were following from the airport, like, uh, just south of L.A., not LAX, yeah. that his private plane had been flying. You know, it's obviously not a little-hour flight from uh, south of L.A. to Toronto. So, anyway, my point being, Rosenthal is careful with what he reports, especially after that and especially after he screwed up on the Max Scherzer to the Padres in 2021. He is re- uh, reporting... The Dodgers are discussing a trade in which they would get Tyler Glass now. So, got Otani, now you had Glass now. And now that doesn't mean that it's done, uh, but there you go. Well, they win the division every year anyway, don't they? Seems like it now that the Giants have cooled down. And yet, their their division was the one that had the National League pennant winner. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, back to the plane thing, I think I read that correctly that Otani's camp leaked. That information, so the Dodgers would jump on the opportunity and have to rate. Because I think that a report said the Dodgers was at like 550, and so the camp leaked that he was flying to Toronto. The Dodgers didn't want Toronto to lock him in, and so the Dodgers had made that $700 million offer. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Conspiracy theory. I saw that the Giants made that. That was the the story yesterday. I saw it on ESPN. I don't know if they were the first ones to report it, that the Giants made, quote-unquote, essentially the same offer. So they also made a $700 million offer to Otani. Yeah, I heard the Otani camp was kind of leaked that information in order Mm -hmm. to get more money, which I think is genius. But I don't know if it's accurate or if it's just a conspiracy theory for one random dude. But I saw it several times, people talking about it, so... 
I think that'd be fun. Wouldn't you like to be the agent for, for a deal yeah. like you that? You just made like what? And you Seventy don't, million. You don't, you don't really have to play or do anything. Just got a call every now and then. Everything good? What else can we get you? What a deal. Why don't we represent Otani? Well, because because we couldn't do it very well. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Rosarena is r- rumored to be part of that trade. That's from Doug's work husband. God, that'd be so and great. A nice little lineup they've they would have. Yeah, man. But who Freeman. are they giving up? I guess they That's, do have a plethora. I wonder if the Dodgers would rather have Libertor. Well, sure they would. I, I mean, he's it. untouchable, though, right? Like, once he turned 30, he could be pretty decent. <laughs> it has to be so weird for Dodgers fans to have a team that's trying to compete for more than a wild card. That's from Tervis Parrish. God, anything less than a World Series title would be disappointing. Lord. Yeah, at this point, yeah. And then what if the Yankees get... Uh, Yamamoto. But you, you sit there and you write it down on paper and you all think, well, nobody's going to beat them. Oh, yeah. And then you never know. That I mean, stuff happens. Listen, that, li- that lineup is sick. It isn't It isn't one through nine sick, you know. And then, like you said, there are injuries. And, you know, that postseason is, as you've heard me bitch about, ad nauseum. Yeah. Total and yeah, the Marlins make the playoffs. Uh, let's see. We looked at the Mets and Padres last year at this time and said, boy, those sure, are kind of two powerhouse teams. Uh, Giants had issues with PTO that held up the deal. It's from the 480. Guys taking vacation during right after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Is that what it was? I think it was. <laughs> well, they all know that. We had Molina took vacation right in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah. one year. And then got kicked out of a playoff basketball mm-hmm. game while, quote, unquote, <laughs> rehabbing. Mm-hmm. Fire Army! <laughs> I will never forgive this roster for getting Chief Fire. That's from Patrick at Amakalata. And the problem is that mindset probably isn't going to go through the guys in the locker room, Ted, that, oh, we got him fired. It's, oh, we got another coach. Okay. Well, what will go through their mindset is how much time I got on my contract. I'm, I'm in good shape. Sure would like to win, but how much time is on my contract? That's what goes through, that's what goes through players' minds. They want to win. They want to be on good teams, of course. But, you know, they go to work just like we go to work, and the main thing is taking care of themselves and their family and their future. Don't you think? I'm, I apologize. I'm scrolling on the Rosenthal. That's what I think. Yeah. Most News people are in it for themselves. On, on the glass now trade. That's what John Rahm is. He's in it for the uh, take care of his family, but he also said he loves the team concept and he likes the innovations of live golf, which, yeah. my ass, that's just quit lying. <laughs> well, don't get mad at him. Team but when everybody golf. goes to work... When you go to work for your organization, your first thought is, this is what I have to do to, to take care of myself and my family and my future. And secondarily, you think, I sure hope the team or the business does well, the company does well. You want that too. But first and foremost, you're, out, you're in it for yourself. Well, I get that. But John Rahm is a guy that said, you know, how much money do I got enough money for my kids, kids, and my kids, 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 grandkids. And then he changed it to... I just like the team aspect of it. I mean, that's what got me. And they're making changes, and Liv is innovative, and they're good yeah. for golf. And I'm, Oh, come on. Just, God, stop. Okay, stop it. Uh, speaking of which, perhaps the most respected golfer. I actually think this might be like you would have the highest approval rating of golfers who have won a major championship in the last, I guess at this point, 30-plus years, 33 years. Respected uh, by who? Public or the other golfers? Or? Uh God, I think both. Or do you know where I'm going? Do you know what I'm setting up? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Then, then, then I just got better at teasing because yeah. he doesn't know about it. I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought you were. Uh, no, I, th- I think I, I think 
I'm not a big guy. I, I'd be curious on this if I was like texting with Wellington and Jay Delsing and Adam Long, if uh, Nagel, if they would agree with this, that, if that perspective. But hold on. No, we're not going to do it. We're going to go to the commercial break, oh, okay. and oh, then we're going to play ooh. it. Uh, we'll have that for you on the other side of the break. This is TMA presented by... Brown and Crouppen from the Michelob Ultra Studios. We close out the Munganast, St. Louis Acura, and Munganast Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour.